Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name's Elon Lee. Um, we are switching things up today. I'm not even going to introduce myself yet because mostly I'm excited that uh, today, as we play through this glorious uh, course here, I'm going to be interviewing you, Lucas, uh, as the CEO <laughs> of the company. Uh, I want to know everything, all the all the details. I, I have a million and a half questions, and the reason that I wanted to switch this up instead of you interviewing me is because I'll bet that everybody watching has a million questions for you as well, and hopefully I can at least hit mm -hmm. sort of the tip of the iceberg on some of those. So if you're game, I <laughs> want to interview you today. I, I love this. I love that I get to like go to the steering wheel and I'm just going to show up and yeah, play a little bit of mini golf and yeah, relinquish hosting uh, duties. It's all you. Amazing. Thank you for doing this. Okay. Yeah, it is absolutely my pleasure. I am so excited to be here. This is actually my first time seeing this course. And, um, we, uh, you know, I was just saying like absolutely overwhelmed. Um, y y just, just noticing the difference between uh, the, the first few courses and this one, um, the, the, the level of detail is staggering. Um, and, um, but even before we jump into uh, what you've built here, why you've built it, what the design sensibilities mm -hmm. are, can you like take us way, way back in history about like, mm -hmm. how, did, how did you go about building the first, how did you even go about starting the company? How did you end up saying one day, I wanna build a mini golf game for a virtual reality environment? <laughs> well, that was actually very much sort of a after. I mean, like, yeah, that's definitely not what we started out as. We started off mostly as an animation studio. So my background, right. I made a short film called Pigeon Impossible that was the basis for Spies in Disguise. It came out with uh, Will Smith and Tom Holland. What, it was the last Blue Sky What year? What year are we out. talking about here? Uh, I finished it in 2009, and then mm -hmm. it uh, Spies and Decides came out in 2019. So that was a solid like 15 years of my life because it took me five years to make that short film. Wow. So all right, now yes. hold on. I'd be remiss. I'd be a bad host if I didn't say as you answer, take your damn shot. So we're gonna we're okay. gonna get through this stuff here. Okay. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta golf now. All right. Stop. So all right, 2009. Uh, yep. And um, okay, so that's a big switch between building animations and uh, truly interactive VR, like one of the best, mm -hmm. in my opinion, best VR games in the world. Like how, what, what happened next? How did, how did you start down this next stage of the path? And I'm gonna so take my shot. I actually took one of the, um, I basically took one of the option payments from, from Fox and put that towards another short film called The Ocean Maker. Um, and that was uh -huh. one that I, I had been working at, uh, I was working at a small, just sort of like freelance New York um, post shop doing, uh, producing one of their, um, uh, one of their animated shows for uh, the Yo Gabba Gabba guys. Um, so I was in New York oh, nice. and I was just sort of yeah. like, it was it was awesome, but it was also, I realized at one point that working in animation in Manhattan, like I didn't see the sun because I would get to work right. at like eight or nine in the morning. And by the time I left, the sun was basically just down below the building. So, and I realized right. that so many of the other folks who were there with me, all amazing, amazing, you know, animators and artists and, but yeah, I realized that none of us had seen the sun. So I had this idea for another short that eventually became the Ocean Maker. But the idea for it was that like, what if we did sort of like an animation camp and took all these awesome animators who have not gotten a chance to actually, you know, see the sun a little while and let's do it in a place that we can actually all be together. 
because usually short wow. animated projects are just sort of like you're piecing it together there's never enough budget to really sort of like hire people full-time and so it means that you're just working on it for years and years piecemeal and the general yeah. idea is like well let's do a focused like i think it was seven weeks and there were eight of us and i ended up just renting um my wife and I, we just rented a couple of houses down on this little island <laughs> off the coast of Belize called Key Cocker. And we wow. went down there and we basically made the short pretty much on laptops over the course of the like, yeah, seven week period. There was still some work wow. to do on home, but that's actually why, because it was sort of that, um, it was that experience that sort of like became the start of Mighty Coconut. And that's also why we named ourselves Mighty Coconut because we wanted something that sort of harkened back to that you know, that that island environment, and it was a great way to sort of, uh, starting the studio as a way to sort of keep the band together after our Belize retreat experience thing. Oh, I love that. I love that we got the origin of the company name right out of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you basically are running like a hackathon for content creation, for film creation. Exactly, that's straight up what it was. It was um, it was very much like a game jam, but a longer period, but yeah, sort of like a, yeah, it was it was animation camp. I love that. And so what was the outcome of that session? Uh, so, uh, well, we basically got the film more or less done. We still had to do lighting, rendering, and effects and stuff when we got back. We were just working on laptops and so that, but we got all the story figured out. We went down there with just mm -hmm. like, I think the lead character was modeled and we had some, right. a couple of layout assets and we pretty much just got the rest of it like really figured out over the course of that trip. Um, and then now, we came back, finished uh, that up, and then, oh, go ahead. Well, how, sorry, how many days were you there? Uh, so there were eight of us down there for about seven weeks. Um, okay. So yeah, it was basically sort of like to do, but it's a full, um, you can check it out, it's on It's on YouTube, Dust. I think it's got like over, it's got, it, it's actually done better than Pigeon Impossible in terms of just like number of views. Um, so, but yeah, you can check it out. Oh, that was actually a halfway decent shot. That was um, a great shot. But yeah, shot. so the Ocean Maker, it's gotten, it's actually still, it's been in, gone through various states. There is a, a series that we have been pitching around and um, we're still kind of looking for the right home for it, but it still has, there's a, we've got a couple of producers attached and we're still sort of in that constant shape, state of trying to get that one, the longer version of that, um, of that, uh, the Ocean Maker going. So it's still something we're very much sort of like, kind of it's it's always percolating and like pigeon impossible took yeah it took five years to make and then 10 years to actually get the feature done so wow this one you know the fact that this came out in 20 ocean Maker came out in 2014 so yeah so we still got a a couple more years to stay on schedule <laughs> i also i also appreciate that as we're having this discussion you're not ridiculing my horrendous uh golf shots as i try to keep up with you here um, <laughs> I just okay. realized I should be playing left-handed even the even No, the no, 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 I insist. No, 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 no. Please, 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 as long as you don't mind uh, waiting up for me a little bit, uh, please play right-handed. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so all right. Uh, oh, and, and we have to take just a moment. Oh, my God, this guy is adorable. Look at this. The worm made it in. This ah, uh, so beautiful. Well done. I absolutely love this. Uh, Okay. Uh, it was all so right. much fun. Right. We did try. a we did a live stream a couple of days ago, um, and Karen Prell, who was the original uh, puppeteer and I believe voice of the worm, was was in here playing with us. So it was wild to Amazing. yeah to get her <laughs> full circle. What a treat! Oh, mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. All right. So now 
you've uh, you've got a small team. You're building content. It's uh, mm-hmm. you're working your way. You're working your way towards um, stuff that you're saying. You're you're more and more proud of. It's it's really coming together. What happens yep. next? Because we're still not uh, anywhere near. It sounds like uh, VR walkabout golf land. Yeah, no, we were still quite a, a, a little ways away from that because uh, basically the we formed Mighty Coconut to kind of keep the band together. And largely we were doing, like most animation studios, we were paying the bills by doing work for hire. We were doing commercials. Right. We were doing um, uh, visual effects. We were doing some, you know, basically just anything that would sort of like use the skills and put those to, oh, roll off of oh. there. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we did we did a lot of that sort of just straight up just work for higher stuff to pay the bills, keep the keep the band together, and um, in the process of that, we were also developing a lot of other stuff. So throughout all of that, I was also writing. Um, I probably did I don't know maybe about a half dozen series and probably close to probably the same number of of, of animated features that we were out pitching. Um, several mm-hmm. of them got through various stages of development, and then they say that in Hollywood, sort of like the general rule is about one out of ten, especially when you're in right. that starting out phase. If you can get like one out of every ten that you pitch, and you know, one out of eight, even every ten that you set up actually ends up getting made. So there were, it was a whole lot of writing and world building and storytelling and. Um, yeah, and we were constantly pitching ourselves as the animation studio, as well as sort of like partnering with with a couple of other people. We had a couple of projects with um, Octavia Spencer and Jessica Chastain. We were working on their projects for you know that they were Amazing. pitching some stuff around. So yeah, so that's also kind of where a lot of this you know uh, the uh, the ability to sort of like reach out to folks like the Henson Company came from because we had been sure. very much sort of in that world and. And um, you know we're at least somewhat of a known of a known quantity to, to folks like that. So um, yeah. And All right, then so wait, what, I, what year? Where are we now? Uh, give me give me uh, a timeline. This would have been date. like 2017, 2018. We did a full animated series with Mighty Coconut um, called Kings of Atlantis, which was the uh, back when YouTube Originals was fully funding all, uh, all their own like animated series and uh-huh. stuff. Right, um, right, right. And then. A little before the, I mean, we had kind of started to scale down some of that a little bit, to be honest, just because, how do I put it, the the animation industry sort of comes in waves, and there are moments where things are, like, there's a lot going on, and then it will also dry up. That also tends to bounce around a lot based off of tax incentives. Um, sure. And being a U.S. company was, was pretty, pretty difficult, so we had actually kind of scaled down the animation thing with the intent that we were still going to be developing our own but starting to get away from more of the hands-on sort of stuff um and i had basically i had done a couple of small games the studio 57 north was one laser maser was another both basically just like it was sort of like a little project that we did in the side to sort of like have something that we owned and could fully produce ourselves and walkabout was something that i started as part of that process and it only became um, a VR game very late in the the process. I told this story, so I won't repeat too much of it. But well, basically, wait, wait, wait. No, we had a, a, assume. Yeah, okay, assume, we've assume you should start over. I, I would really okay. like to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Laser Maser, um, it won one of the Indiecade um, Europe awards, um, and it was based off of this 
kind of a um, it, it was basically a phone game that you play, um, but it's using the AR functions of it to do like a monoscopic okay. VR. So you physically walk around a, the real world, but mm -hmm. you're looking through the phone and you sort of see this maze of lasers that you're solving puzzles or physical challenges and stuff. But yep. it's sort yep. of like physical challenge. So we actually demoed it in like one of the uh, uh, the Canam in Paris, but they had this giant giant courtyard. So we had like a thousand square meters basically where people could literally just be like running around i mean we actually put a speed limit into the game so people wouldn't hurt themselves amazing but okay but, like, but wait 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 hold on hold on hold on yeah this still feels like a jump to me how it, why well, the incentive to jump into interactive uh so it was always something that i also like doing a lot of the skills are not too far off from animation and to be honest i mm -hmm. think a big part of it was that as we were scaling up as a studio um, we were doing more and more big animation projects, which also meant that I was sort of missing some of my... I was missing a little bit of the hands-on stuff because I do really, really enjoy actually getting my hands dirty. And when you're on a larger animation production, I think we had 40-some people at one point, you just don't right. get to sort of like really get your hands dirty. It's always... it's just meetings, and that's, that's yeah. great. But games yeah. to me were sort of like a way to sort of scratch the itch that had been... Um, fulfilled by doing a lot of the 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 animated shorts and stuff like that. So sure. And now, um, as a as a a fellow creator, but also as mm -hmm. a fellow head of a studio, at this point, yeah. I'm I'm really curious. How much creative work are you doing versus how much management, and how do you feel about that that balance? I mean, right now it's probably about well. At the this particular moment, we have definitely I've been more on the management side just because we have scaled up the team. This went from being a solo project um, a little less than two years ago to now we've got I think 24 people on the team. So, Great. and a lot of that scale up has happened in the last year. So it's definitely been a bit of a a bit of a, a change. Um, and we're kind of getting to the point where things are starting to work out to the point that like I can get back to the creative stuff. I still get to do a yeah. little bit of it, but now I'm trying to carve out more time for myself to do some of that and to be focusing yeah. on the next projects or some of the things that 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 we need from a, it helps to have someone come in that sort of like kind of creatively owns something. We're always kind of looking for that with, with sure. all of the people that we're working with, so. And um, has that, no, but as you built the, the first app, is mm -hmm. this like are you still flexing your creative muscle or have you already started with as you say the mostly management task i am actually because the nice thing about walkabout is that it's almost like producing a tv show where it's almost episodic and that you've got to got a different course a new course coming every rolling delivery one every month or we're still sure. we're not quite up to that month yet but um but so the nice thing is that i am still getting to flex the creative muscles a little bit and I'm trying to carve out a couple of courses, especially upcoming ones that I actually get to jump in and design on. And uh, we just got back from a creative retreat for one of the other upcoming courses. So we are doing it. It's just that I'm finding that I really have to carve out the time and really make it a priority in order to be able to do some of the hands-on stuff that I still love. Sure. Yeah. Oh. So. Oh, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm trying tunnel. to follow in your footsteps here, but uh, wow, <laughs> this is... I, I can't believe I'm not talking more about how beautiful these props are. This, 
with scenery, uh, but I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. kind of mesmerized by your story. So I'm going to keep trying to find a balance here. Um, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So it's um, apps are now. It is being a made. very long winded, very confusing story. I'll fully admit I that. I love it. <laughs> My favorite kinds. So apps are being built, team is being uh, uh, grown. Uh, what comes mm-hmm. next? Uh, so we basically we hit the oh look, so let me finish up because the it actually does sort of apply. Please. So yes, the cool yes, thing yes. about Laser Maser is that it was built for the phone and it was using the phone to do, sort of do like it was full six stuff, you know, full positional tracking. We were using AR kit in the phone, but functionally right. it was a VR game, and so I had basically sort of played around with that idea and was like, oh, I bet we could do mini golf. And we have a version of it that's actually going to be releasing pretty soon where you physically putt by swinging your phone just gently. Right. But you're just, right. it's like you're looking down the barrel of your putter. Um, and so it Amazing. started off as that. And then the Quest came out. And the Quest was so different because it was standalone and it was mobile. It was very hard to develop for because you really had to optimize it to run on a phone very efficiently at an incredibly high resolution and frame rate, which we right. already happened to have with this golf game that at that point right. sort of like we had even had, um, we even had like one of the courses was basically kind of done. So did it, all- Did it have we, a name at that point? We were calling it Walkabout. Walkabout was actually the name of the engine that we created for Laser Maser because you were walking about. Um, oh. And so it, that just kind of became start of the uh, um, kind of like the, the the default name, which kind of stuck because I don't know, we just sort of like it. So yeah, but but yeah, so it did. It was called Walkabout from that very that very early phase. We didn't have any branding or anything, but we had showed it off at a couple places. And then the Quest came out, and because I had been at Indicate, I had gotten to know a couple of the folks at, at Oculus. So at the next Indicate, I had a chat with them, and I did a really quick port over to the Quest One at that point. Right. And right. it just—it was very much sort of like a right place, right time, and the fact that we literally had a game that was like ready to go, and I was able to port it over to Quest in the, a matter of like a week or something because it already had like ninety percent of the stuff in place. Um, did they help and then, you with the funding? Is it because they were looking uh, for content? They they didn't fund anything. We just kept it kept it ourselves. And um, uh, at that point, I don't know if they were funding much. I don't think that anyone expected mini golf to sort of become the thing that it has become. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh yeah, right. mini golf, sure. Like yeah, I mean like you've got it running on the platform. Like yeah, let's let's do it. And so basically, they kind of gave us the green light to put it on the store. They didn't necessarily I fund see. it, but at that point, it was also just me. Um, and right. then the pandemic hit and it went from being a sort of like kind of a thing that I'm working on in the background to a sort of like, okay, I need something to keep my my head straight while all of this is going down and we're in lockdown. So I dedicated about six months to really sort of like finishing it up. And uh, and then it, yeah, it came out a couple weeks before the Quest 2 launched. So again, a lot of luck, a lot of right place, right time. How many courses did it launch with? It launched with four courses, um, okay. and even the and even the multiplayer aspect was something that was a very late in the game addition because Oculus at that point was just sort of starting to push, and I think that they knew the Quest was coming out and they knew that it was going to be big, 
we hadn't, yeah. or I hadn't even bothered to do multiplayer because I didn't expect that there would be that many people with VR headsets. <laughs> so they Amazing. kind of, yeah. they kind of talked me into adding multiplayer. And again, right place, right time. That was just sort of like the, the thing that has sort of like, that has really sort of like helped it, helped it take off. It's just that ability to meet yeah. up with people. So it's yeah. a comedy of flukes and just sort of like, different things but it's also it does come on the heels of you know probably 20 or 30 other sort of like projects that either didn't get off the ground or that didn't find the audience that they that they did so it's very yeah. much a case of just sort of keeping at it until something sticks well you mentioned um the multiplayer and for me this is where where i come into the story for me mm-hmm. pandem- pandemic hits and i have this problem mm-hmm. which is I really need to keep in touch with friends and social yeah. is out, right? I, uh, mm-hmm. staring at someone, so I can't go for walks. I can't go to conferences. I can't stare at another zoom call. Like me staring yeah. at a friend and trying to talk about interesting things in our backgrounds is just horrid. And yeah. this, we, we found mini golf, me and a small group of friends found it. Uh, we found walkabout by accident and it was the mm-hmm. perfect, intermediate like it was mm-hmm. not quite um let's let's stare at our own backgrounds not quite let's go for a walk but it was conversation it was catching up yeah um sprinkled with these sporadic moments of delight and cheer and disappointment and um yeah it it really like one of the reasons i'm such a huge fan of this is i believe it saved me in the pandemic i uh-huh. really believe <laughs> it is the thing that maintained a good 50% of my social relationships. And so thank you so mm-hmm. much for making it. It's It's been <laughs> amazing. Um, right. Well, like okay. I said, it was all a fluke. We can't take credit, too much credit for that. But but yeah, it's so great to well, hear from other people that just, that it's made that big of a difference and that, yeah, our little mini golf game is causing, is actually having like a greater <laughs> impact on the world. <laughs> I, I appreciate the modesty, but it is it is truly uh, an impressive thing that you built. And wow, was that a nice shot. Well done. <laughs> um, okay, so now the game is out there. It's got... Yep. Uh, the game's out there. It's got four courses. It's just you. What what yep. follows? How, how was it received? Who found it first? How did it meet with any degree of success? It was... I mean, it was definitely... There were very few games that were out at that time. So it was definitely sort of like you deal with like now, with like a lot of people, indies, especially releasing something on Steam or on mobile, where there are just hundreds of games that come out a day. Um, very, very yeah. difficult. But we were in a lucky boat that there just wasn't that much out there yet because especially the quest was so difficult to develop for. So it found a, a oops. Oh, that's going to stink the whole rest of the course now. <laughs> um, it definitely um, it it found an audience with the people who owned headsets, but it wasn't like a um, it wasn't like a, uh, a it wasn't like a like a massive runaway success or anything. But it was absolutely one of those things that as a solo developer, it was you know it was very much very much worth it. And then what we kind of realized is that it was starting to gain an audience with more and more people, and there were a whole lot of new people buying headsets and kind of coming into that. So rather than working on another game, which is probably what I would have done in the past, like, well, let's start adding more to it. And so we started adding more courses, um, adding more features. You just Just, said we, who's the we? 
Uh, I guess at that point it probably would have been that would have been the the royal we I guess at that point. But then <laughs> we did uh, shortly right. after that add in. Um, so Henning came on board um, to help out with the fox hunts originally. Then he's now our lead course designer. Edward yeah. came on probably a few months after that, just sort of part-time helping out on the modeling side of things. Um, so even that fifth course, Edward had started helping out a little bit, and then the sixth course was actually designed, uh, that would have been, was it Tethys or Bogies? It would have been Tethys. Um, Henning actually designed mm -hmm. Tethys Station. So Neat. it was just me, Henning, and Edward for probably about, um, probably a little less than a year. Um, and we were just sort of slowly yeah. adding to it. And then as the quest yeah. continued to get bigger and bigger and it, the game sort of like, it's kind of taken on a life of its own because it is something that a lot of people are starting to find and come into. And it is a really good sort of entry point for when people first get a VR headset, it's a, it's a great starting point, but it's also something that you kind of can keep coming back to it. The replayability is, is really, really high. And I say that just sort of yeah. like, the, you know, not taking credit for that because a lot of that is just sort of like the nature of mini golf. So, well, again, sort of a lot of that is luck. That, that's <laughs> true. A lot of it is the nature of mini golf. But you've also done an incredible job at um, the the lost balls, the fox hunts. Where did where did the inspiration mm -hmm. from that come from? Like how that's not a typical thing for a mini golf course. Where, where did those come from? I think the lost balls. So I'm. I definitely kind of consider myself and like the thing that I love most is sort of world building. And what yeah. we we're finding even on those early courses uh, was that the, um, let me focus on my shot here for a moment, <laughs> was that <laughs> the uh, very, very, um, even those early courses, we were spending a lot of time building out this environment that wasn't directly related to gameplay, but felt so critical for just like when you go to mini golf, it's half about the golf, but also just about being in the place, you know? Sure. And so yeah. spending a lot of time really building up these larger environments. And then well, if you're taking that much time to build up those environments, it's sort of like, well, it's not that difficult to add just a few other little things to help encourage people to get out and explore that. So the Lost Balls started there. Fox hunts and the putters were something that came later. That was the thing that Henning came on originally to do and then became the lead course designer. Um, wow. It was, that was all just sort of like, kind of like little ideas that, you know, I always tend to think very, very big and we had kind of, I had kind of boiled it down to like a minimum viable product in order to get it onto the store and just see how it did. And then yeah. as it sort of like has kind of grown, continued to grow, we've been able to kind of start doing many of those things that in some cases were, yeah, that were parts of, you know, things that we had wanted to do from the very beginning and just didn't have the, the time, people, resources, all that sort of stuff to do. So, yeah. so yeah, so that was all part of an encouraging exploration and just really respecting that, yeah, half of mini golf is the, the place as well as the actual, the mini golf. It's not just the... <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. It's it's so, so impressive. Like, I, I love the fact that I'm just as excited to, wow, that was a great shot. Uh, I'm just <laughs> as excited to try a course for the fifth or sixth time to discover new things. I'm 
-hmm. taking mental note of all the little secret passageways in this course that I'm anxious to Mm -hmm. come back and try over and over. I'm noticing that my ball is spitting out fumes, presumably because it dropped in the muck back there. Like, just a million, a million beautiful little details that just add to that, oh, that add to that replayability that I think is just so brilliantly designed and, and really just deserves incredible kudos. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, this, I mean, this course was definitely the one that we really kind of got to, um, all those little ideas are like, no, this is our first licensed course. It's, you know, it's, it's Labyrinth, which we all know and love. We just really wanted to bring it, you know, leave it all out on the field and do all of the little things that had, you know, that we had sometimes like, oh yeah, that's a fun idea. We'll see if we have time. And this one, we just really sort of buckled down like, nope, we have to do all of those little things because they do add up. Amazing. So if, as you look at um, some of the Ooh, first courses, are there mm-hmm. things you wish you had done differently? Are there big mistakes you wish you could correct? I mean, I think that a lot of the gameplay in the earlier ones is great and it serves as a great introduction, um, especially because uh-huh. they're generally not quite as challenging. I'm still really proud of those. I think that the only thing that I would really, and we have talked about at some point, maybe going back and like remastering some of those because now that we yep. have the full team and we've got a lot of folks who are much more, um, uh, who are much better because when I was doing sort of like almost all of it myself, a lot of those were yeah. using, you know, they were using some assets, some stock assets. They were, you know, the lighting was good, but it wasn't sort of like, it wasn't at the level that it's at now. I do feel like right. there's a there's just sort of a big opportunity that if we had had the team that we have now on those earlier courses, there would just, they would just be a lot richer. Um, so I I'm still see. super proud yeah. of those. And I still, th- I still think they're a great, you know, they're super fun to play still. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I would love to kind of go back now that we have the full team and sort of like make, you know, give Taurus Trap or give Cherry Blossom sort of the the extra bit of polish that some of these later courses have gotten. Sure. Um, oh yeah, that would be such a treat. I would love to see some of those courses remastered. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't so... think that we would necessarily change gameplay on that. It would mostly just be a visual, right. you know, adding the windy plants, giving it some of the extra lighting effects and shader effects and better water and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Are there, are there um, effects either visual or gameplay related that you have not yet been able to add to any course that you wish you could? Um, we're kind of constantly, um, so, uh, Craig is our, um, lead tech artist and he has done some really, really awesome stuff. There are a few things, like I know we had an early on version that was sort of, uh, um, in the gardens of Babylon. I know that there was some really fancy sort of like moving leaf stuff that mm-hmm. it just would not run on the system. Um, it's a lot of right. stuff like that, that we can, that it's just sort of like limited by the, the tech that's available, but. Yeah. Despite the, a lot of people sort of say, in fact, this is a good spot to even look at it, sort of like, a lot of people sort of look like, oh, it's low poly, it's very easy. The reality is, though, that we are putting <laughs> such massive environments on screen at any given time that, oh my goodness. well, yes, there are, there are games that might look more realistic, but just the sheer scope of something like this, and even if you fly up, you can, you know, you really get the, yeah. the sense of just like the scale of this world. Um, you really have to like heavily, heavily optimize every single thing to an inch of its life just in order to get something this large to run. And the fact that you can look back at hole one and still see, you know, the the house that we came in on. That's the 
Um, to us, that's a really big part of mini golf is that sort yeah. of like that sense of progress and seeing where you came from. So it's we're... so, so beautiful. And this, yeah, the view from here is it's just stunning. I, I, I play a lot of games on the quest and this is, uh, this is, this is just my absolute go-to when I need to show someone the mm -hmm. system, this is what I come back yeah. to. And I will tell you right now, I now have a new, a new showpiece, uh, uh, to show people <laughs> as they, as they jump in. Ah, so beautiful. Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. Look at this. This is, ah, uh, my first time seeing this level. It, this is just mm -hmm. st staggering. Uh, uh wow. Yeah. All right, I have no idea how I'm going to get from here to the hole, but let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, I really loved oh, the reaction videos. Oh, I really love so the reaction good. videos the first time people get to play around with that. Oh, took, whoa, I took whoa, a shot off whoa. the crack. Uh, okay, so I'm, hmm, okay. Wow. Wow. Ooh, oh, almost made it. This is so, so smart. This is so good. Okay, sorry. I'm uh, supposed to be asking you questions and all I'm doing is <laughs> remarking on how stunningly, no, what an amazing use of physics in here. Wow. It, it's such a mind trip. People have been asking. We are starting to, to look at more mechanics and more things that you could really only do in VR. So right. just that, that weird sense of like, what is putting on a wall feel like? Uh, yeah, getting to so do some good. VR specific things. Do you ever have um, real golf courses contact you and want to have chats about stuff that you've done or stuff that you've learned? Or is this just fascination we've, for, we've, for virtual? We're kind of, we're friendly with a handful of folks in the the real life mini golf community um mm -hmm. some you know tournaments a couple of folks here especially around austin um so that's yeah. your turn not mine so, okay, so wait, I've, I, I mean don't even we're know what not aiming for <laughs> oh. go on go on sorry oh no i was gonna say it's uh it's your turn actually but uh right. but no so we we were not like actively um nice shot uh, we're not like working on any real life stuff, but we are friendly with a handful of folks in real life. And um, I, I think that we've done a good enough job sort of like simulating real life mini golf close enough that there's a decent number of even, you know, pro or pro-am uh, uh, real life mini golfers who have started meeting up and playing here. So. Ah, oh, that's so fun. What, a, what an incredible accomplishment. I, I absolutely love that. Um, wow, sorry, just, Oh yeah, no, we're really how beautiful this is. Maybe, maybe. Oh, All right, stayed in, stayed in. Whew. Um, ah, so so cool. So, um, I wanted to also spend a moment and talk about the club design, uh, the yeah. actual golf clubs. Is mm -hmm. is that a th like what takes? I had imagined that club design doesn't take very long, but some of these are stunning. Are these, uh, like, is this a, a part that you have to schedule time for, or is, are they afterthoughts? Are they built into the levels? Like, how, do, how does this work for you? So that actually started off, like, all of the lost balls and the putter designs, have, they've gotten more complex and we started spending more time. Compared to the, compared to the entire level, it really isn't, ooh. 
Compared to the rest oh, of the nice. level, it's really not that much extra work, but it does, we do have to plan it, we have to design it, we have to schedule it, and especially for like, I won't spoil the one that's in a labyrinth here, but you know, especially if yeah. you're working with an outside, you know, if, like for labyrinth, we had to talk to Henson and show them our putter and ball designs and get them to sort of like sign off right. and make sure that we were using everything in the, the best way. But uh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so it takes a well, little bit, but it, it's one of those things that it adds a lot to the experience for, you know, for a couple of days of work, basically. It's not, yeah. it's absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. worth it. So tell me what it's like working with an outside partner. Well done. Uh, All right, I'm gonna hold off on uh, taking this shot. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Henson has been fantastic to work to work with. Um, they're just, they're still relatively small, especially for a film and TV company. Um, and uh -huh. so we were able to, you know, talk right to, you know, a lot of people make the decision and Labyrinth is one of those perfect IPs that it just, it fits our world because we are so much about the place that you're in. And as much as we would yeah. love to do, you know, all sorts of ideas, we are always having to sort of think of like, what is the, what is, uh, what is it about the place that the movie happens in? Because that is 80, 90% of the world, as nice as, as yeah. great as the characters are. So something like this was fantastic. And the fact that we were able to create the characters and they were super, um, they were just super into it. I think it's also been fantastic for, for folks like them because Labyrinth is likely something that it's, it's not likely that it's going to get a standalone VR game. You know, that would be millions right. Right. of, of the dollars of investment and a long time but something like this is a great way that sort of like that kind of have your cake and eat it too you kind of get that labyrinth like we keep talking about it sort of like the labyrinth theme park that never existed and you still get to go there <laughs> it just happens to have a mini golf course running through the middle of it so uh, uh, but yeah all really, of the really well all of the licensed stuff has been it's been so fantastic to work with some outside folks and and let them help push us in places that we wouldn't get to ourselves it's really well said. I mean, you have built an engine that accommodates storytelling uh, for mm -hmm. for exactly partners like the Henson Company and, and, and Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. it, it never really occurred to me that um, you've got all of this this engine, these incredible assets. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. kind of the perfect home for those who, uh, who it is not appropriate to build their own engine and design their own game yeah. and figure out their own mm -hmm. tournament structure and all that stuff. Yeah, this is... Um, what a great landing pad you've built. Um, I'm so excited to see, <laughs> totally, to see more, totally by more partners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. But really yeah. well um, cared for and curated and yeah, really, really well done. Um, I'm going to take my last shot, which I know will probably trigger the end of the interview. So let me also mm -hmm. just quickly say, um, thank you for building this. Like this has just, uh, like I said, it really saved me uh, through the pandemic. I'm delighted. Like you built a mini golf course and here we are conducting an interview within that <laughs> engine. Like what an incredible accomplishment. And uh, I hope you from time to time get to take a moment, take a step back and say, wow, really built something special here. <laughs> well, thank you. It's so great getting a chance to like the, yeah, just being able to sort of like meet up with people and actually share it. Um, even like for me, like during the pandemic, my parents were beta testers. And so a lot of it was yeah. because I was getting in here with multiplayer with them and seeing what worked and what didn't and also just getting a chance to connect. So yeah, it's, uh, again, I have to attribute so much of it, of it to luck, but uh, but yeah, we're, we're taking it and we're going to do as much as we can. And yeah, so thank you for, for, yeah, 
for being a fan and for for coming with us on this weird ride. Uh, I'm excited that this is uh, only the beginning. So, all right. (laughs) Now I'm going to try this final shot, and it would be amazing if I hit it on my first ever attempt. uh, Yeah, no pressure. uh, The end, and thank you, but here we go. First ever attempt at this final hole. Can't possibly miss this. This seems easy. All right. Well, we'll just cut that we'll just, out uh, and act like we'll it cut hit that it. out. We'll edit we'll, that. We'll, we'll edit that out. We'll put in this one instead. Yeah. <laughs>